Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today, we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're going to be reading Psalms 128, 129, and 130. Uh, we're still uh, working through some of these shorter psalms as we get towards the end. And then we're going to be finishing up Hebrews by reading chapter 12 and chapter 13. Chapter 12, a pretty interesting one. Uh, has a little quote in there that you've probably heard me say many times, if you've or talk about many times if you've listened to the podcast for very long. And I think it's going to be a great blessing to you this morning. I want to thank all of you who pray for the podcast and me and my family and those of you who support the podcast and help make it possible week after week after week, whether it be Patreon subscribers or PayPal or through the post office box. Thank you so much. Uh, it's far beyond what I deserve. Let's hop right in. Psalm 128, 129, and 130. King James Bible. Let's begin. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands, happy shall thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as fruitful vine by the side of thy house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall be the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. May Israel now say, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Let them all be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetop, which wherewith after it groweth up. Wherewith the mower filled not his hand, nor he that bindeth sheaves his bosom. Neither do they which go by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thy ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? There is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. And so that is 128, 129, and 130. I really want to just review 128 again. For some reason, that one's really jumping out to me. This 
blessed is those who fear the Lord. And we know from the Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, meaning you can't even start to have wisdom without the fear of the Lord. And those who have no fear of the Lord have no wisdom of, to be accounted to. This says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. And then it talks about some blessings. Thou shalt eat the house of thy happy hands, the labor of thy happy hands. Thou sh happy thou shalt be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be a fruitful vine by the side of thy house, thy children like olive plants round about the table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see good in Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. Maybe proper fear of God is what we should be praying for. And I think we'll talk more about that as we read Hebrews chapter 12 here in just a minute. And then verses 3 and 4 from Psalm 130 are precious in my mind. He says, If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? He's saying, hey, if you're keeping track of all this, of every failure, no one could stand before you. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. Just some really, really important lines to chew on there. Some important truths to ponder on and to dwell on. But for me today, I'm just really taking to heart that fear of the Lord. You want to be blessed? Properly fear God. Because when you properly fear God, you walk closer to God and you walk closer to His ways because you fear His chastisement. Just as a son who has a great loving father that he respects fears his father's anger should he be disobedient. How much more should we feel that way towards the Creator of all things? And what we're about to see in Hebrews chapter 12 is that God chastens those he loves, and if you act out, and there's never any repercussions. Well, the scriptures say that you're like a, a bastard. You're, a, a, you're not really a child of God, because God's kids are getting corrected. Admittedly, we may not always know that we're being corrected or understand. Sometimes we might think, oh, we're just having some bad luck or what have you. Let's read chapter 12 and chapter 13. Finish up the book of Hebrews. And there's some deep, deep truths. And we're going to talk about Esau also. And I'll get to that here in just a second. 
Hebrews chapter 12, King James Bible. Let's begin. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us weigh aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, sterving, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation, which speaketh unto you as unto children, My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth, and scourge every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Chastiseth not, but... If you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily, for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening, for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down, and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled." Let's pause for a moment there. We, you know, I talk about holiness and righteousness on this podcast, in the books, in the devotionals, everything. Talk about it a lot. And it's possible that I could be accused of works religion. But the scriptures are very clear that you are to walk in God's ways, that you are to walk in righteousness and holiness. And here it says, make straight or follow peace with all men. And holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And holiness, with which out no man shall see the Lord. And then he uses Esau as an example, an important example. And we're going to contrast that. Let's remember our example last week of Moses, who even though he was a prince, so to speak, the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter, chose rather to, well, let's just go back and read it, shall we? 
and get a clear picture of this and contrast him with Esau. It says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. So Moses, he was just a different type of man. Rather than enjoy sin for a season, he'd rather suffer with his own people. Now let's contrast that with Esau. So starting with verse 15, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. So you have Moses. Refused to be called a son of Pharaoh choosing rather to suffer, suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. That's who we need to model. That's who we need to pray to be like and to seek to be like and seek to make choices that way as opposed to Esau who foolishly gave up his birthright for soup when you say, I don't want God, I want my sin. And you choose that. It's like you're giving up your birthright for nothing. For soup, for porridge. And there comes a time when it's too late. When the time of repentance and grace is over. You know, Esau got to a point where he realized he had made a massive mistake and he sought the blessing with tears it says but found no place of repentance it was too late lest there be any fornicator it's really pointing out fornication and profanity lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright for you know how that afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. It's a terrifying verse. Let's continue on. For you are not come into the mount that might be touched, that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, which were the voice that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. The, the writers recalling and bringing people's memories back to what happened at Mount Sinai. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But you are coming to Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and unto an unnumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are witnessed, or which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, 
and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now... He hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things which are shaken, as the things that are made, that are things that are cannot be shaken, may remain. Wherefore, we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. That's the end of chapter 12. We're going to read chapter 13, which is only 25 verses to finish up the book of Hebrews. But I just wanted to point out again, it's, going, it's bringing us back to fearing God. So let's read that last verse again, and then we'll move on to chapter 13 and wrap it up. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved... Let us have grace, whereby many serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Why? For our God is a consuming fire. This is the main problem in the world today. There's no fear of God in the land anymore. Even amongst Christians, or those who profess to be Christians, we don't properly fear God. Chapter 13. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. That's an interesting verse. Saying don't, don't forget to be kind to strangers. Because there's times when you may be entertaining angels and you don't even realize it. Verse 3, Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversations be without covetousness, and be content with such things ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. That's an important verse for us today. In a world of covetousness. In a world of always seeking more and better. Saying being happy with what you have. Because you have something greater. You have a God who says I will never leave you. Verse 6. So that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, and not with the meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar. Whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose 
blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For we have, for here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Please note that line there is pointing out that this is not our home. We don't have a city like they had Jerusalem at that time. We don't have a city. We're waiting for it. The new Jerusalem. By him there, for let us offer the sacrifices of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with, with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey them that have rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly, but I beseech you that rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I beseech you, brethren, Suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in a few words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom, if he comes shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you, and all the saints. They of Italy salute you. Grace be with all of you. Amen. That is the end of our study in the book of Hebrews. And I pray that it's been a powerful blessing to you. I don't know... I can just speak for myself and say just studying it with you through the podcast has been extremely uh, helpful and been a great blessing to me. Well, that's all I have for you this morning, friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.